1: Welcome to The Lorehounds Play, where The Lorehounds, your guides to pixel-based adventures. I'm John.
2: I'm Brandon, and this is our second podcast for the video game, The Last of Us Part 1.
1: In this episode, we'll be breaking down the characters, plot, and gameplay of the second half of Naughty Dog's The Last of Us Part 1, beginning with the fall portion of the game.
2: Before we get started, quick reminder that you can send feedback to lorehounds at thelorehounds.com or leave us a voicemail at thelorehounds.com slash contact, and we'll get to those questions in the next episode.
1: If you're enjoying our coverage of video games or any of the shows we're covering, and you'd like to support us directly, head over to patreon.com slash and subscribe today for early and ad free access to every episode. Of course, you can always find all of our ad supported episodes on our public feed. Just search for the lorehounds on your podcast application of choice.
2: Another quick ask, please take a moment to rate the podcast and leave a review. If you feel so moved, ratings and reviews help other people find the podcast, which helps us make more podcasts.
1: This month, we're covering our season wrap-up of The Last of Us, The Mandalorian on Disney+, and Ted Lasso on Apple TV+, but we'll get more into that in the outro. So, Brandon... Let's issue our spoiler warning now. We are going to be talking full spoilers for the full game, The Last of Us Part 1. We're not going to go into The Last of Us Part 2, so you don't have to worry about that. But we'll be discussing the game, the first game, full spoilers, and we'll talk all spoilers in the show, which now, in contrast to our first podcast on the game, we have seen all of.
2: Yes, we have. And it was glorious. If I, you know, spoiler alert there, I liked it. But yeah.
1: It was great. So, if you haven't played the game yet, or you know you you watch the show and you don't want to get game spoilers, you're you're planning to go back to it, then hop off now. But if you want full spoilers, this is the podcast for you. So, why don't we get started and head into the season of fall?
2: Yes. Okay. So, thanks you again to thank you again to IMDb for the very succinct um uh what what do we call these um, synopsis synopses sure thanks again for those uh we're gonna get through that and then we'll kind of pepper in what we thought about that little chapter there so starting in the fall in the fall joel and ellie finally find tommy in wyoming where he has assembled a fortified settlement near a hydroelectric a hydroelectric dam with his wife maria played by ashley scott joel contemplates leaving ellie with tommy but after she confronts him about sarah he decides to stay with her Yeah. So, um, this is like a hard cut directly from the, uh, you know, the Sam, the Sam it all of the last bit. Um, so like you go in and it's all pretty and, and, you know, the grandeur of the, you know, nature as compared to like the harsh city and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah it's really pretty there i we, we had to do some swimming as you do in this game and i was annoyed that like this and like all of the game that you go underwater there's not really not much loot under there like there's usually something no, for you to find <laughs> but there's not like you know i was always expecting like some like treasure trove but nope <laughs> i think loot, loot scales based on like the difficulty of the game so it maybe does. on like easier you'll find like a whole bunch of shit down there but not this one uh, I also noted that Ellie was getting sick of the puzzles, <laughs> like she commented on it basically like, oh, great, more ladders and more, uh, more pallets to float on.
1: Right. You know, we didn't see a single pallet in the show, but we did see some kind of ladder puzzle in oh, the yeah, last episode. Did. And I enjoyed that. It was a nice nod to the game.
2: Yeah, I, I liked that a lot. I was like, ah, I did the, the point and, uh, you know, the point thing. I was like, that's definitely a, a callback. Yep. Um, they After the little puzzle, they do get to like a high five, like a straight up, like, it, it, you know, the bond, the, the bond of a high five. I love it. And as we're getting to where we can see like the full, uh, the dam there, we do find a tiny grave. Uh-huh. And this is when uh, Ellie kind of, she's like wanting to talk about Sam to just like get the shit out of there, out of, you know, to just get it out. But Joel is just completely shutting her down here.
1: Yeah, which is kind of different from the show, right? I think that they had Joel open up a lot more in the show and they even had a funeral in the show, which we did not get here. I think it's referenced somewhere in the game, but we do not actually see it in the game.
2: Yeah, Ellie actually, they kind of reverse the roles there where Joel is kind of like throwing her a bone and Ellie is just like, nah, we got to move on. Right. A little bit of that, like, I don't know if it's just the, if it's just the actress from the show doing like, like Bella Ramsey doing a painting on the rough exterior to you know kind of try and hide it again but yeah that's that's a pretty interesting contrast there
1: i think joel and ellie really play off each other with that i think that when they are you know grumpy one of them usually the other one tries to bring them back
2: yeah yeah that's true they're kind of you know they're uh, they're each each a leg of a grumpy set of pants sure Uh, that's a good way to put it keep (laughs) walking forward (laughs) uh ellie wants to shoot and eat a squirrel which you know they're hungry that's that's a sign of hunger there want to eat a squirrel Uh and then we get to the dam um a pretty warm uh a pretty warm meeting that i i don't know if i expected it when i was playing it initially i was like i was really nervous that uh that joel and tommy had like a bit more beef and maybe it was going to be a contentious meeting but it was pretty warm. Uh, yeah uh they even they they do a you got old it'll happen to you um and uh i noted that they use the fucking gate sound um it's what the same mean? gate all right so it's like a beep, 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 like sound that like once you hear it and note it as a sound person it's like a wilhelm scream of opening a gate and uh, fu- okay. it's it like nails on a chalkboard to me and every time i hear it <laughs> they even do it in the show once um That's fine. Like it's. It is just so rough. I I remember it specifically because in uh, whatever version of Castlevania was on the N64, uh, they used the exact same gate sound for like every time you opened a door and oh, wow. in that game. You had to open a door all the time, so you just get this sound burned into your brain, and it's just like some like off the shelf sound for doors. Anyway. Well, that
1: is something for therapy. I will (laughs) say, when I was listening to the official podcast on the HBO show, Neil Druckmann said he really wanted to show Jackson in the game, too, in the first game. But because of the budget constraints, they were not able to pull off the whole town. And that's why they had this whole interaction happen at the hydroelectric dam. And then they just described the town
2: yeah uh yeah you do get a, a glimpse of the town at the end but that's it they they, they i guess they right. just didn't have the budget to, the, to do the town as we're getting a little tour as well uh we get to meet a horse um which you cannot you you can actually press the horse you press triangle to pet the horse which is cool and like i noted that the people really kind of seem to have their shit together like this is a a real glimpse at a society of people yes which is cool they're all they care about each other they name each they you know they they call out each other's names um, it, it's like a huge um, sort of contrast to like the, the solitude that Joel and Ellie have gotten used to over, over all this. where 100%. everyone's an enemy. And you want
1: that for them, right? I think that by the end of the game, you're hoping that they go back.
2: Yeah. Um, they do the split up here where Ellie goes with Maria and Joel goes with Tommy. And uh, Tommy actually describes that he went to Texas, stopped by their home, and gives, he tries to give Joel a picture of Ellie. Uh, where Sarah. she's holding it. Uh, sorry, uh, Sarah. That's right. I have it wrong in the notes. Um, she's holding a uh, soccer trophy as well, and I did take a screenshot of that. Anyway, uh, Joel just gives a am good" to this like tremendous gesture of like trying to find a picture, and like it's just one of those like, damn, Joel. Like he's just he's really damaged, obviously by yes, this he is. this thing that happened. But like, I don't know. I think that's Tommy went through all the trouble to get that photo and just to like nah thanks i'm cool
1: yeah yeah it was it was sad to see him shut down like that i i think show show joel would have taken it i think he at least by the end of the game is ready to talk about it but yeah i mean i don't know i don't know if end of the game joel would have taken the picture you know
2: yeah i don't know we get introduced to a dog named buckley who also you can pet with triangle Uh and then they get the plant running and Joel spills all of it to Tommy. Uh and he basically just tries to offload his burden of getting Ellie to the fireflies to him. Uh Uh-huh. And then, much like uh many other points in the game, whenever things get tense emotionally, boom, an attack happens.
1: Right. But that's Um, that's something that I almost missed in the show was I think that the infected felt omnipresent in the game. I think that when you had You know, like you said, every time that you get to a point where you're making progress in a conversation, all of a sudden, everything has to stop and you have to go face a threat. And that's something that has really impeded the emotional development and the emotional connections of these people. And I don't think we got that in the show. That was my one critique of the show is not enough infected. And not because I want, you know, gore and I want walking dead level violence, but I just needed to see more of why it was so important that we needed a vaccine and why, why society is still this beaten down
2: yeah because i mean at, at a certain point even people fighting people you know people don't fight to the last man they they don't want to fight they want to get they want to be comfortable right. and healthy um it doesn't like the the presence of monsters does really change shit up because they don't care about fighting to the last man they will right exactly yeah so uh we this uh, i felt like we just really wrecked him in this fight yeah, so uh, Maria's just not happy with, because Tommy eventually agrees to, to take Ellie, and um, Ellie must have overheard it because she rides off on a horse, and then we have to do this kind of badass chase. Uh, th- it wasn't an infected that we were fighting, by the way. It was, uh, I can't remember which faction of dudes. This must, actually, this must have been just raiders in general. Yeah. Yeah. N-
1: non-specific NPCs.
2: Pretty much. Just people who wanted our shit. <laughs> right. Um, I felt like uh, the horse controls were actually pretty damn good. And there's a great music cue that that plays through as we're going. Uh, It's the theme, but slow and melancholy on uh, played on a lone guitar because like it's just, you know, Ellie's really fucking sad here because she finally thought her and Joel were getting through a breakthrough. It looks like I named them the Marauders. So we have to do a little fight with them. And um I like this is a, a one thing I noted that like when Joel is uh, in the mid- like he do- he doesn't pick up the gun or like you know, a box like he would in a lot of other video games he just directly reaches into the mag or the chamber and pulls <laughs> out the ammo like one by one which I think is fun. Yeah. Um we eventually get to Ellie at a ranch and uh Joel really really loses this fight with Ellie. Um the the fight is pretty much blow for blow uh in like, repeated in the show. Like, uh, they really didn't want to change this because it's really kind of a perfect fight. Where I noted that Joel is using his, using being an asshole as armor.
1: Right. The, the fight with Joel is very hard to watch. I mean, I, I love how Ellie really opens up. And I mean, Ashley Johnson really just sells this scene. So, in the official podcast, they say that Ashley Johnson improvised the placement of, of fucking in. Uh, everybody fucking except for you, Joel. And really that is, is beautiful because as Neil Druckmann says, it's an imperfect line, right? It's an imperfect placement of the curse word because she's just so emotionally vulnerable there and she's so, you know, in her feelings and not thinking logically, not planning out every sentence. And that's something that you don't get a lot in this dialogue. I mean, you watch Game of Thrones. Sure, there's emotionally tense scenes, but most of the time the dialogue is polished. You don't get a lot of mistakes.
2: Yeah, which really, like, uh, obviously using actors and mocapping and all of that really added a sense of reality to this whole proceeding. Right. Uh, which, you know, is I think one of the reasons why the game stands the test of time the way it does. Right. Especially, like, just emotional. The emotionality, <laughs> to make up a word for it. Right. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, as before, as we reach the crescendo of this, we're surrounded by those bandits and then we fight our way out. And much like in the show, Joel changes his mind and instead of going with Tommy... Uh, Joel wants to take Ellie himself for some reason. <laughs> but anyway, it's on to uh, uh, the University of East Colorado. Uh, and Joel bids his bro farewell.
1: So, what happens at the University of Colorado? I wonder what. Yeah,
2: I wonder what it could be. So, Tommy directs them to a Fireflies enclave at the University of Eastern Colorado. There, they find the university abandoned, but learn that the Fireflies have moved to a hospital in Salt Lake City. As they leave, they're attacked by bandits, and Joel is severely wounded.
1: Um, Did you do the notes in this section?
2: The notes? Uh, I can't recall.
1: Because the notes in this section were excellent. Really? This was where you had... Oh, the voice recorders, I'm sorry. The voice recorders where you have the, the doctor basically, you know, saying, oh, we're testing the monkeys, or they got, want me to get rid of the monkeys, and he decides to free the monkeys, and one bites him. On his way out and the monkeys are infected because they were testing them mm-hmm. and he you, you eventually find his body with a, a gunshot in his head and a pistol in his in his hand so it's sad but it's it was a, a very interesting story for this game i mean i again the notes and the voice recorders and the found footage basically is some of the
2: best material in the game of course and most of which i ignored <laughs> or at least i didn't uh, i didn't actively hunt as much <laughs> right um I, I, do, I did like the voice lines because I could continue playing and not sit there and, like, you know, screech everything to a halt. Which you know, it turns out I had plenty of time to play through, and, but I, I enjoyed the pace that I played it at, so I wouldn't take it back for a second. There you go. A couple fun things. Joel explains football <laughs> as we're rolling up to the school to Ellie because she just has no idea, obviously. The horse they named Callus, which is fun as a Destiny person. That's, like, one of the main villains in oh, Destiny right that's now. that's fun. Yeah, so it's funny to because Callus is like a giant rhino alien man, uh, to just like casually, uh, happily refer to this horse as Callus, uh, pretty cool. Also, we find a fucking flamethrower, which is neat. I did not expect a flamethrower. I was, I didn't, I we had no the weapons. Right, I had no weapon spoilers, so this is one I just didn't expect at all. Ellie compares sports to idol worshiping, and she asks Joel. Uh, If they were idol worshippers when it came to sports, to which Joel said, hell yeah, (laughs) which I I really enjoyed. (laughs) Like anytime we get human Joel, it makes me pretty happy.
1: Yeah, he's a good dude once you once you get to know him, maybe until the end.
2: Yeah, maybe Uh, we find some runners, which is always fun to find them in a puzzle. Uh, And uh, unfortunately, I used up my hatchet. Uh, I had a hatchet here, which I was Um. really loving. I really appreciate that someone actually says something when the coast is clear when I'm playing. Uh, that's like, it's, it's pretty nice for the tension for me because like, obviously like in video games, you get like, you know, the music plays and then sometimes whenever you're done fighting the music will stop, uh-huh. but usually like if we're done uh, Ellie or Joel will be like, all right, that's everything. Or, you know, like, you know, uh-huh. it, so it, it really is like, like it allows you to take that quick breath. Right. And also, I, I noted that I really enjoyed the the kind of ripcord mechanic when you pull that on a generator. It's just a simple little <laughs> tip, tippy tap puzzle, but I enjoy. Oh,
1: that. they annoy me. They annoy <laughs> me because I, I mess them up half the time.
2: Um, maybe it's my, my the DDR in me, but I, I enjoy tapping rhythmically.
1: Fair enough. Are you a fan <laughs> of the the Persona rhythm games? That's the the only rhythm game I usually play.
2: I've never played one, but I'm not opposed to it.
1: They're pretty fun. I mean, that's not something we could really cover on a podcast. It's basically just a, you know you know, smashing yeah. buttons, but it's a lot of fun.
2: I believe it. This is where we get into Ellie explaining that she wants to be an astronaut and Joel a singer. And then we see a monkey, which, uh, you know, I, I, uh, at this point, I hadn't been spoiled at all. So, like, uh, maybe I had? No, I, mm, I can't remember. Either way, I was uh, delighted to see a monkey. Uh, and then the sad shrine, I believe, is the reference that I saw before of the man um, that you were talking about, the, the doctor. Right. Yeah. Um, he's dead. Some more f- pretty dead. He's d- very, he's dead as fuck. Uh, some more of the fun things I found. I found a PS3 uh, in some Weeb's room, which was really neat uh, <laughs> b- because obviously this is a PS3 era game, uh, right. so it was pretty cool just seeing like a pristine, like the original big fat PS3 right there, playing it off of my PS5. It's just right. like, wow, what a what a what a cool time capsule. All this is in like a dorm, and there's a uh, big spores and a bloater fight, which was this is my favorite bloater fight in the game. Because it was really cramped, there were a lot of other infected Roman, or, or they were actually clickers in here, and then the one big bloater that you got to run around. I wasted a lot of shotgun ammo. I didn't actually use the flamethrower for this fight, which it, it feels like maybe it would have been the perfect place for it, but I just didn't use it. Hmm. Lots of other fun things in here. Uh, we get another Jack and Daxter reference and Uncharted like board games and stuff.
1: I do like when a, a developer will sneak in other
2: works. Yeah, especially this one, because like, you know, these are very important games to, to this particular developer's like fan base. So I thought that was right. cool. back outside and on the horse. I liked Joel's uh, like kind of built in dialogue of scooch every time he needed <laughs> to get back on the horse because uh, you'd hop off the horse. Ellie would scoot up to be like the main pilot of the horse. I don't know what you'd call that. Uh, and every time you get back on the horse, he was like scooch to get her to move.
1: Right. Yeah, that's fun.
2: Through here, he's also sort of explaining some stuff about his life, like that he was married for a while, but that's all he'd get into, and that he had Sarah young, Um, which checks out. I mean, obviously, this is 20 years. Yeah, definitely. Uh, And, you know, he's still a spry man after 20 years of this uh, outbreak and stuff. And, you know, Sarah was Ellie's age whenever she died in the beginning of the game. Right. So, yeah, it, it really kind of paints the timeline there for Joel.
1: I think they named him as 36 in the show, and Sarah was, what, 14? So, yeah. 22.
2: That's pretty young. Pretty young for a parent. Yeah. We find another monkey upstairs. That's, uh, here we go. The doctor left the voice recorder here. Uh, Joel is being impatient uh, this whole time. And they go on to St. Mary's in Salt Lake City after they find out what's, you know, where, they, where all the doctors fucked off to, basically. They get ambushed by more bandits, and ouch, I put the rebar thing happened.
1: Yeah, so what did you think about this compared to the show? Because the show, you know, we have the baseball bat. This is way more gruesome.
2: Yes, it is. So in the show, I I didn't realize what it was at first. I had to, like, watch it a second time, because it looked like a railroad spike. Oh. I didn't realize it was a a broken bat. But yeah, um, the rebar incident, like, that's just such a, like you know nightmare incident that happens to construction workers all the time falling into like a pit of rebar and you get just gore oh is that it? a
1: thing that that yeah I, I,
2: yeah like p- people that you know people used to die all the time in construction because rebar is just there like that it's just so dangerous and pointy and you know we're just a big fucking sack of organs <laughs> so right, we fall on right. it we just get poked and yeah it's is a real rough injury um it'. Was, kind of like surprised like i don't know you're getting shot in the game and you're like all kinds of crazy shit's happening to you so it makes sense to walk up to you know to get up and walk after something like that happens but yeah damn like the game does surprise me on occasion with the brutality like back when we were in the the gas station after the ambush initially and joel's like you know Stabbing people's throat with a giant glass door that had broken and stuff like that, so like yeah there's another point where the game is just like really showing brutality.
1: Yeah, it is much more violent than the show.:
2: Yeah, definitely, which you know it it can get away with it. It's a video game. You're not looking into the 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 glistening or like real life eyeball of a person, but yeah, the rebar thing happened. uh Joel doing real, real bad, uh, but he's fighting through the pain this whole time as Ellie's sort of dragging him. Ellie's just like kicking ass, like shooting dudes getting through here. And she almost loses a fight. Uh, And she says, uh, I swear to God, if if I get you out of this, you're singing for me. And he says, you wish. You know, she puts a bullet between a bandit's eyes and then we get away and Joel falls off the horse, much like on the show.
1: I enjoy Ellie really taking charge here when she needs to. I think that is a big character moment for her.
2: It really is like, you know, you expect Joel to to do this for Ellie, but whenever the tables are turned, it's just she's such a badass.
1: You know, we can talk about this more when we get into winter, but I think that this game really did fake me out of is Joel dead the first time I saw this? Yes. Did you? I don't know how you I don't know if you knew anything about the future at this point. I don't know how far you saw into the show. Did you think that Joel was dead?
2: Um, I didn't think he was dead. I am culturally spoiled enough to know that Joel exists later. Okay, fair enough. So, like, I was, like, you know, if I think if I played it contemporaneously, I might have been, sh- you know, spoiled. But also, like, it is sort of a, it's been sort of a, cl- yeah, it's been sort of a classic story in general. So, I, I kind of expected him to, to pull through. I just had no fucking clue how they were going to make it happen.
1: Okay. Now
2: okay. Speaking of winner... Uh, Shall we get into it now?
1: Well, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll do that. And we're back. Brandon, bring us into winter.
2: Winter. During the winter, Ellie and Joel shelter in the mountains. Joel is on the brink of death and relies on Ellie to care for him. Hunting for food, Ellie encounters David, played by Nolan North, and James, played by Reuben Langdon, uh, scavengers willing to trade, for, uh, trade medicine for food. David reveals that the university bandits Ellie and Joel killed were part of his group. Yikes. Do you know that, that N-
1: Nolan North also voiced Drake from Uncharted?
2: I didn't know that. Uh, I'd never played the Uncharted game, so I wasn't sure. I just know that every like everything that is a cartoon or video game must feature Nolan North. It is a rule; like he's <laughs> got to be in it. Same, actually, honestly, same with Troy Baker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're if you're not getting both, you're getting at least one of them in almost everything that you engage with.
1: I just thought it was so funny. I saw him in this documentary. I've referenced the uh, the ground of the making of the Last of Us, and he talks about how you know he was the he was the hero in the in the uncharted series right so he was this you know dashing young man who needed to to sound like that and sound heroic and sound normal and then he said how do i sound like a total creep and not be just nathan drake but a cannibal and he, he yeah. goes wait what if i take my voice up here and i just <laughs> make it really creepy and uh, apparently neil druckman loved it and that went into the uh, game
2: yeah uh nolan north is really really talented uh uh, last sort of destiny getaway, I think. But there's one section because he plays your ghost, which is your like little robot dude. Oh, who does he? That. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, it was originally played by Peter Dinklage, but uh, Nolan North is like an actor that is accessible instead of you know, unlike Peter Dinklage. And Destiny's a game that goes on forever. Anyway, right. um, there's a section where uh, back at, when uh, uh, COVID was keeping everybody out of studios, there's an actor who needed to uh, basically. Nolan North apes that actor's voice in character as the ghost, but he did it so well that he had to go back and re-record it bad. <laughs> so like <laughs> he's just such a talented voice actor that he he can do things too good. Uh which, you know, what a what a talent, man. What a what a what a good crazy yes, great voice actor. I, I always love to see him on the call sheet. All right, so In the winter, we start out, uh, I like that the shot uh, is just a a cute little bunny in the snow and then an instantly dead bunny because Ellie's learned how to use the bow.
1: Which they teased in the show, right? They had a bunny get away from Ellie in the show.
2: Yeah, that was, uh, I I was like, oh, it's right out of the game right there. And, you know, she, you know, obviously in the game, she gets it. Uh, Here's when I noticed that uh, actually like the cut scene leading up to that, I was like, huh, my controller's glowing blue now. So hmm, now yeah. uh, the controller LED is glowing blue for Ellie. So each, each uh, playable character now gets their own color. Ellie blue, Joel green, and then Sarah was pink. Hmm. Which is fun. Yeah. Uh, which I've, I had finally came to the realization here, uh, apparently. I put in my notes. Um, you know,
1: I loved that you start off as Ellie here with no reference to Joel. You could be totally alone at this point. And I wish they had milked it a little bit more in the show because I think that that was a great shocking moment for me. For me, I, I was going, "Oh my god! It's I'm playing as Ellie. Joel must be dead."
2: That's the thing, yeah. Like, and it, it really feels that way because, like, you know, you've got some stuff on you. Uh, you have infinite arrows right now, but like, that's you're pretty much you you got a really bare bones like loadout, basically.
1: Right? Do I have to start over on my skill tree?
2: Exactly. <laughs> I did not like chasing the deer, by the way. Okay. Basically, the the game like sort of works you in this big giant circle of trying to chase the deer, and if you're bad at shooting the bow, which you are, mm-hmm. because the bow is kind of hard to use without like building into it, uh, it's pretty rough. And obviously, you got to be far away to actually take the shot. And uh, but anyway, it was kind of I found it kind of grueling.
1: Yeah, it was the, a little annoying. I agree. Yeah,
2: maybe one of the gameplay things that didn't sit as well with age. I found that I couldn't access my gear, and that I did have unlimited arrows, of course, as I mentioned before. Yeah, I eventually tracked the deer back to a town. Uh, which was cool after obviously killing it and following the blood trail. And upon doing so, I meet up with David and James, uh, who do want that damn deer and they're hungry and they're pleading. I've, I I read them as being like skittish, uh, because yeah, yeah, obviously weird gaunt dudes that are after the the game you just caught. Hey, can we have some of that deer? Exactly.
1: uh, (laughs) That that voice, he really gets you.
2: Yeah, and I thought uh, he looked and sounded a little bit like Sean Penn, which was fun. Okay. <laughs> As I was playing through, know, like, I don't know why, I just got real uh, huge Penn vibes. And another difference from the show, uh, we get attacked by clickers.
1: Yes, this was the moment that I, I said this about a hundred times in the, in the show coverage. I really think they should have kept this in because this is the scene that makes you trust david this is the scene that makes you go maybe he's not such a bad guy he helped me get away from clickers he was he had been hiding a gun the whole time this was a big deal he had another gun and he did not shoot me with it and he's helping me with it now
2: yeah i i completely uh uh you know battling uh you know uh we we bonded through battle and i was like fully on board i actually wrote in my notes like uh he had another gun but he seems to be a good egg uh because, like, he, you know, he's, just like in the show, um, he sent, uh, uh, what's his name? James. He sent James back to uh, grab the medicine. They do the, like, barter there. And um, we kind of kick ass. Like, they, they, they play very much like Ellie and Joel. They, they fight through. And uh, there's another bloater fight here. And uh, I found it a, to be a pretty rough fight. There's, like, because there's, like, a couple of different set pieces there as you're making your way through this, uh, this like, sort of abandoned place. Yeah and uh it was rough but we did it and i was like fully on board yeah and i uh it just like in the show but obviously after a fight uh david uh reveals that it was his men and that uh he, he gives like the uh it was a man who had a little girl with him
1: yeah you don't like the way he says that do you
2: i really did not like it uh did not like it one bit and <laughs> I wrote in my notes, okay, James and David are bad. <laughs> Apparently, Joel killed his men. Uh, Ellie secures the meds from David and fucks off right away. Of course, obviously, uh, you know, they can track her easy in the snow. And that's what happens after they let Ellie go. Right. Yeah, I, this is one where I, I think they, they kind of did need the infected man. Just because, like, it, yep. it, it is the catalyst for Ellie, like, trusting this dude at all. Agreed. Uh, because... Agreed. You know, she had the gun trained on him and she was like uh not willing at all to fuck around. This was her food. This is going to be the thing, one of the things that can help Joel get back to, you know, back on his feet.
1: I agree with their decision to not rely on infected in the show, but I don't agree with their decision to eliminate them as much as they did because this was this was a re- uh, 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 this was an encounter that had a reason to be there, right? This was a a character development conflict.
2: It feels like there were they only had like a handful that they could use. And like, it just kept getting cut for time or whatever. Like, no, no, unfortunate, but we shall carry on. This is the game. Uh, Ellie manages to lead David's group away from Joel, but is eventually captured. David intends to recruit her into his cannibal group. She escapes after killing James, but David corners her in a burning restaurant. Meanwhile, Joel recovers from his wounds, sets out to find Ellie.
1: We love a cannibal king.
2: I love it. He reaches Ellie as she kills David. Joel consoles her before they flee. This felt the most tense I think the game had gotten to, especially without the use of, like, monsters. This very, very human fight, this whole section, was incredible, I found. Uh, We're fully past, like, show spoilers for me, so all of this was brand new. Um, So I, I I experienced all this without any knowledge from the show.
1: So you didn't even know if Ellie would survive that encounter, especially with the burning building around her as he's attacking her?
2: Yeah, aside from, like I said, cultural, like I'd seen her face on the, the box for the second game. Right, right. As- Aside from that, like, yes, like I was like, how in the actual fuck is she going to get out of here? So yeah, Ellie goes to the home base and administers the stuff to Joel. Let me see here. She's, she actually like lays down and sleeps next to Joel, which I found very sweet, but yeah. uh, it's A very similar thing to the show. She uh, gets on the horse to, on Callus, to try and, uh, uh, you know, lead away the bandits, and uh, Callus gets smoked immediately, and, you know, they get, uh, she gets captured. Uh, David specifically subdues her, uh, chokes her out, which is rough. Yeah. Ellie wakes up there, and James is fully dismembering a person uh, in the same room. Yeah, really rough. I found the cannibalism, except for that specific part, to be actually more subtly handled in the game. Oh, really? Yeah. Obviously, you're not sitting around as, you know, you you don't get a David POV where they have to, like, you know, bring up high in the mix the sound of people eating and stuff to, to, you know, clue that in. You just kind of stumble upon things, uh, especially once Joel makes his way in and you find, like, the, like, slaughterhouse area that they have right I, I just found it to be more subtle like they were cannibals but like it didn't seem like to be their defining character trait it was just it seemed like another settlement of people led by just this one very capable uh if not like you know angry man yeah. but yeah um so once james leaves after dismembering person uh david comes in and brings ellie food uh, and then it cuts over. Uh, this whole time, we're cutting back and forth between Joel and Ellie, uh, right. which you know I found helpful. That as this, <laughs> the controller would change color as uh, the the POV would change. So I was like, Ah, now I'm Joel again. Oh, I'm Ellie. <laughs> Ellie does a thing where she breaks David's finger. Uh, I said she's a gangster and doesn't take kindly to being kidnapped.
1: No, she does. I mean, who does?
2: Of course. I, uh, here I found also that the game is very much improved by the use of headphones because I was going back and forth between like the living room and then like playing on my like PC setup. Um, and like, man, the sound is like incredible. I don't know if they did like another big pass for the, uh, the part one release, but man, like everything sounds great because you're getting a lot of like environmental sounds here with like the wind and everything.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they did with the sound because I mean, they couldn't have changed the voice acting really, but, I don't know. I don't know what they did with the environmental sounds.
2: Yeah, because it was just so incredible, and like, um, the like just the spatial sound. Like you can hear dudes coming and stuff. Like it was, it's really good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that they worked in the you know the 3D audio of the. That's like the calling card of the PS5 right now.
2: Yeah, definitely. So Joel gets some penicillin in him and uh, seems to be okay. Joel, I find that he is really kicking ass here after he sort of, uh, you know gets a health potion.
1: He got one shot, right? Can we agree he got one shot in the game?
2: Yeah. Yeah. One. <laughs> I think it was just one. Yeah. So he captures two bad guys and interrogates them I, I put roughly. Uh they do the market on the map. Better be the same spot as your buddy says. And uh you know he tells him and then Joel kills the bad guys. He does the same thing. Oh don't worry, I believe you.
1: Yeah. Oh man. That is the moment where it's your first hint that Joel's the villain, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. Like um Joel is completely unlike unmoral. Like there's no morality that will stop him right. from protecting or, or, or from preventing another death of his daughter. You know, obviously Ellie being his surrogate daughter here, but he will never, ever, ever let the same shit happen to him again. Ever like that is his one prerogative.
1: Exactly. He is a very selfish person. I mean, in in fairness, she is in legitimate danger here, and for no no there's no like good reason here like making a cure this is just cannibals might eat her
2: yeah which you know you know chippity chop away stab away joel (laughs) at least you know that's the way i I felt playing it like i i remember wincing uh about how brutal joel did it but i was like maybe i would have done the same
1: you don't have sympathy for them right i mean they're eating people And I think from what I got in the game is that they all knew about it. I didn't get what I got in the show, whereas I think that in the show, it's pretty clear that only David and a few others know about it.
2: Yeah, I didn't didn't actually pay, like, I didn't think about that too much in the game. I think probably because, like, I wasn't super thinking cannibals, even though I was, I literally watched James, like, cutting up a person. I don't know why cannibals wasn't on the mind until I Hmm. got into the building as Joel. Okay. No, no. Interesting. cannibalism is like a, a go-to in the post-apocalypse too so like i don't know i think they they played it pretty well so uh we get back to ellie from this uh they they pull her out of her cage and they're gonna go dismember her and uh she tells them that they're infected that she's infected rather
1: genius move
2: very genius such a clutch play she uses it as an as her escape tactic after biting david you're infected she says so uh, this happens just like it does in the show, where uh, she gives uh, James a chippity chop to the shoulder and kills him. Just that shoulder neck junction there, just with a you know with a uh, big butcher knife. What a rough way to go! And this is where the David fight happens, and this fight is so tense. Um, yeah, he steals Ellie's gun off of her, and uh, it's pretty much exactly like it is in the show. Uh, the building gets lit on fire, so you're just like doing everything you can as Ellie to get out of this, you know, to just not get chopped up by this crazy man.
1: Yeah, it really feels like you are on your last limb and you are about to die and you better run away. I mean, yeah, it, it, you're right. It's the most tense fight in the game for sure. And this is a game where you slaughter a whole hospital.
2: Right, there's, and there's like nothing you can do about it. It's just like, like, um, like that big monster dude from Resident Evil. It's just like an unbeatable foe. And you got to try and figure out how to do it. It's just, it's just really tense. Right. Uh, just the, and all the music, the environment, literally the building crumbling down around you as this is happening, David, not giving a fuck. He's just wanting, he's like solely focused on Ellie. It's rough. Uh, I, I noted that I was really loving the cuts back and forth between Ellie and Joel because it never feels like Joel's going to get there and save her. Like you'd never feel like, Oh, Joel's going to come through as a hero, or at least I didn't feel it that way. Right. Right. So he makes his way through the camp. Uh, he dispatches more bad guys. I put delicately, um, and he finds Ellie's stuff in what looks like a human slaughterhouse. This is when I was like, "All right, yeah, they're 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 definitely cannibals." Holy shit, scary! Like, uh, I think they like. I think it's very subtly done, <laughs> which is weird uh, because we saw that earlier. But I was like really taken with like the slaughterhouse. Also, there wasn't like big chunks of meat taken out of these people. They were just kind of like dead people hanging up. <laughs> yeah they didn't look very processed um i my, my first job was a butcher oh my first like j- job on paper i so hope I was like,
1: not this kind of butcher
2: uh it was mostly pigs and cows and stuff so mostly yeah mostly uh okay. mostly pigs and cows chickens also okay all right there you go yeah, well, there you go. it was chickens uh, anyway uh so the game t- uh, the game actually takes a beat for joel to freak out which i find is is nice a- a- every time the game like manually slows you down yeah uh-huh. uh, and a lot of games use this as a as a tactic like um oh, fuck destiny once it, you, it actually like slow <laughs> you can you can run around and fly and stuff basically but like there's like sections where like if you need to see something important the game will slow you down and go oh shit I need to pay attention to this. Right. And the game uh, allows for a second to do that, which I think the game actually does later beautifully with the draft scene. But we'll get to it when we get to it. Yeah. So Joel presses on and he finds the burning building. So you're like, yay! Uh, The LED turns blue and we go back to Ellie, uh, who are both alive. Um, He's being a real weirdo, trying to trying to do his thing and kill her and whatnot. But Ellie gets the upper hand finally and just goes to town with this knife and just fucking chops his face into hamburger meat. As she's doing this, the music uh, sort of takes over as like the main thing. And uh, Joel actually stops her. He calls her baby girl, embraces her, and the music swells and you can't hear any more audio. uh, Except for just the music, obviously. And then they flee the burning building. Uh, david's machete still sticking out of his head love it i yeah like the i think it was just so well done because obviously joel doesn't get to save her here like like i imagine no, but, a lot but people would have. well
1: expected. she he doesn't get to save her from the danger but he does get to save her from herself and i think that that was important and i i i'm i love the show guys i promise i there's like 15 hours of me saying i love the show but This is another thing that I think they should have kept in the show is Joel sort of being her emotional counterweight, because I think she's the same thing for him. And I think that that's a big part of their relationship is being the calming presence for the other one.
2: It's exactly that. It's if the the roles were reversed, it would be the same. Ellie would be able to bring Joel back from from the depths of chopping a dude's face into hamburger meat. Right. Yeah, that's winter. (laughs) I I actually, uh, I really enjoyed the setting, by the way, of uh, just like uh, a lodge, like uh, as a like a post-apocalyptic setting. I I thought it was really nice and like cozy, except for all the cannibalism and murder. Right. Um, Yeah. So I enjoyed that. Yeah. So we get on to spring. Joel and Ellie make their way to SLC. Joel is in good spirits and Ellie is miles away, like just emotionally. Uh, as they approach the hospital, Ellie, uh, Ellie's spirits are lifted as they see a small herd of giraffes giraffe, a small herd of giraffe. Is that the plural?
1: I have no idea. It could be anything.
2: (laughs) I actually wrote this synopsis because they didn't have it. And I was like, how are you going to skip that? Anyway, as they approach, they fall into water and are abducted as Joel is administering CPR to Ellie. So this section I find was a great reverse of show. Don't tell like a lot. Most of the times you want to be shown something you don't want them to tell you, but like. Joel is so talkative here. Like uh-huh. he's talking about the weather. He's talking about playing guitar that he wants to teach Ellie one day. She is just miles away though. Uh, right. like just, you know, it's, it's been, there's been some time since, because obviously we're in the spring, but she's just, uh, she's got a lot of rough stuff going on in her brain. I found yeah. a, uh, immediately a sad family annihilator RV where another, <laughs> yet another father had to kill his whole family because of stuff. Lovely. More environmental storytelling that breaks your heart. Yep. Ellie tells Joel about a dream about a plane with no pilot. That's sad. It is. Like, she's just, she's just, like, like I keep saying, just miles away. And she leaves Joel hanging uh, for the, the human ladder game that they normally play. She, you know, he's supposed to hand her down a ladder, but she runs off uh, v- very similarly done in the show. Uh, she sees a giraffe. This is such a masterful like funneling you know you're you're chasing down ellie here you never really feel in danger but like you don't know what she's getting to and then she you, you see just a, her standing there next to like a beautiful giraffe this maybe is probably the prettiest moment of the game yeah definitely uh i loved the music here and i found that uh i think I don't know if they did, but I find that the game gives you as long as you need to just enjoy the view with Ellie. I'm not sure if it would have cut you off, or if you'd have just been able to sit there forever, just looking at this with her. Because, like, the game didn't rush you. I, I felt like it wanted to give you as much time as you needed to just sit in this moment of, like, a moment of peace. Yeah. Which I found really, like, really emotional in, like, a, a-, a beautiful way. Joel tries to give out ellie uh give her an out and to go back to tommy's but she's uh she's very remorseful though about what she's done it was a huge personal cost to her specifically to murder a lot of people but specifically i think david like that was a rough one obviously Uh, i think i imagine it would be a lot different murdering a person with a gun as opposed to chopping a person's face to bits right yeah i wouldn't know and you know maybe don't write in if you know but um
1: (laughs) yeah Let's not get confessions in the feedback.
2: Definitely uh, preferred to not have that. But uh, at this point, Joel is just a completely open book to Ellie, which I think she maybe needs uh, in this moment. She did steal the picture of uh, Joel and Sarah from Maria for, for Joel. Uh, it's the one that Tommy turned uh, that he ch- that he turned down. Tommy, like uh, you know, he didn't want to take it. Right. He's very emotional getting this, and uh, he says, "Well, I guess no matter how hard you try, you can't escape your past." Thank you, he says. And um, she seems hopeful uh, after, after this little bit of you know, time together.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that this really brought her back from the brink of destruction.
2: I think so, too, especially because of just how despondent she was initially in this, uh, this whole section of the game. She's depressed and traumatized,
1: and I, this gives her at least a reason to live a little bit. And not, not that the giraffe is a reason to live, but it's sort of one of the themes of the game, which is life finds a way right that there is still beauty in a world that is destroyed for humans
2: yes uh and you know it it was very affecting i think and it was it was it was just nice to see like a moment where they were happy
1: (laughs) you know yeah yeah we don't get a lot of that in this game
2: we definitely don't um so they go into the tunnels uh you find more infected in there a bloater uh, I actually noted that I successfully used stealth for once because there were oh, uh, a lot. Yeah, there were a lot of infectors and two bloaters. And I was like, I don't feel like shooting these guys for, <laughs> for 30 minutes or whatever. So I did it. I was very like proud of myself. Uh, we find more deep water, and Ellie wants to, Joel to teach her how to swim, obviously. Uh, this would be a very useful skill for her to pick up.
1: It sure would.
2: Um, I find uh, another ladder puzzle, of course, and some more scary swimming. And then we get into the rushing poo-poo rapids. As we're going through here, it's just just this gross rapid river and <laughs> Ellie is very, very nervous about it for obvious reasons. Um, they're using all this trash to get through it, like, uh, you know, fallen like, like girders and stuff to get around and navigate. Uh, they're on a bus which fell and we are in for a very rough ride. Where Ellie falls in, she drowns, basically, Uh, I think she just loses consciousness in the water as one does. And Joel just, you know, fights tooth and nail to get to her. Right. Uh, he's, he administers CPR. And as we were doing that, they're telling her, like the people who found them, uh, are trying to get Joel to put his hands up and to stop administering CPR or whatever, because you know, he could be dangerous uh he does not he refuses he's like you're gonna have to fucking kill me <laughs> he doesn't say that but that's the the body language conveys right. like yeah go ahead i need to you know this, this person's dying gets knocked out and is greeted by marlene when he recovers
1: you know i i gotta say david has been a lot more david in the lorehounds not david the cannibal david in the lorehounds <laughs> has been a lot more generous to the fireflies than i have this is one of the reasons why I think the Fireflies are total assholes, and I think that they're full of shit about a lot of things because you got a lot of big talk about, you know, wanting to make the world better, and he's desperately trying to save a girl's life, and they don't even know, but this is the girl that they've been waiting for. This is the one that is their hope of salvation, and they beat the crap out of him while he's trying to save her and jeopardize her life.
2: Yeah. That being said, though, a very common tactic is to lure people in with a danger, like a person who's, you know, yeah. quote unquote hurt.
1: Her. He's not even sick. We saw that in the game.
2: Exactly. So maybe that's what they're thinking. Like, hey, once we, we you know, we'll, we'll take care of her once everything is secured. But as of right now, you got two free hands and a shitload. Of, I see a flamethrower on your back, bro. So like, I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm, I kind of get it. But yeah, like, you know,
1: it's not a good look. It's certainly not a good look when you're looking at it from Joel's perspective.
2: Definitely not. Uh, So we get to the hospital. In the hospital, Marlene tells Joel that Ellie is being prepared for surgery uh, in hope of producing a vaccine for the infection. The Fireflies must remove Ellie's infected brain, which will kill her. Joel battles his way into the operating room and carries the unconscious Ellie into the parking garage. So I noted that this is what I was afraid of. As I was navigating my way through the game, I was really worried that the game was not going to end good. Surprise, surprise, this game ending badly. Uh, I was really worried that this vaccine was going to kill her. Uh, Or, you know, trying to get the vaccine was going to kill her. So, like, I don't know if, like, people initially, or or, if you're playing through, did you feel like it was going to be a good thing whenever she got to the doctors? Or did you have this feeling, like, much like if you have a dog who gets rabies, you go, oh, well, just how do you cure it? Or how do you find out if the dog has rabies? Oh, well, you got to cut its head off, split its brain in half, and then you can find out if it has rabies.
1: Well, I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about rabies. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. I don't know. I think I was kind of looking forward to the Fireflies the first time I played it. Again, this was about almost 10 years ago, but right. I, I was shocked when I heard, oh, but she's got to die to make a cure. That was shocking to me. And part of that is I hadn't watched Game of Thrones and all the other, you know, everything's got to be a tragedy shows. The, the grimdark genre had not really risen in popularity yet. And so I was, I was naive and I went in hopeful that the Fireflies would actually have a good solution.
2: Yeah, I, I think I was open to that, but I was mostly afraid that it was going to, this whole process would kill Ellie.
1: But your expectations had been tarnished by years and years of grimdark.
2: I think maybe that, but also literally just my dog. (laughs) Cause I had a dog that got (laughs) bit by a bat once. And that's how I, yeah, that's how I found out the, like, you know, they can also just quarantine your dog. And if it starts to show signs of rabies, they can do it. They got to do. But like, I was like, how do you, how do you find out? Like, well, we wait or we cut its brain in half. So I, that's what was, maybe that's what was coloring my expectations of this. But I was just really nervous this whole time. I was like, man, we're going to get there. It's going to be bad. So like, yeah, I was less hopeful, I think. Okay. Yeah, so uh, we continue on here. Marlene leaves Joel with a guard. Uh, oh, yeah, so I, I, Marlene says she's willing to kill Ellie at quote-unquote at great personal cost, which I was not buying from her.
1: No, me either.
2: Yeah, like she... Uh, they do less in the game than they do in the show to uh, characterize Marlene. Yeah. So like she just really came off as like cold and detached, Uh, whereas Joel is like, like a you know a father watching his child suffer again, like and it's really breaking him here. So Marlene leaves Joel with a guard, and guard takes the guard takes Joel for holding. Uh, Of course, Joel gets the upper hand and does a brutal rapid interrogation. (laughs) I put (laughs) he asks the guard once, uh, where's. Where are they keeping Ellie? Uh, the guard hesitates for a second. I ain't got time for this. Shoots the guard twice. Bang, bang. Um, and then he just fights his way up. Uh, fights his way up the, hosp- uh, you know, up the floors to the hospital where Ellie is. And I noted that he, is, he sure is killing an awful lot of fireflies here. Yeah. <laughs> this well, is you f- can
1: sneak, right? I mean, there's no obligation to kill every firefly we're just depraved individuals apparently
2: i was gonna say you know what i didn't think about sneaking for a fucking second
1: (laughs) (laughs) me either honestly i was i was like i gotta get ellie she's you know i didn't know if there was a time limit or anything it was you know i mean i was in the same boat as joel i don't know when they're gonna do the surgery how much time do i have
2: yeah um and also like all these fireflies are dropping fully automatic weaponry which we haven't really gotten to play with so on a gameplay perspective I was having fun picking these guns up and going, it was, it was pretty cool. Right, yeah. I found you yeah. make your way through those magazines real fast, though, so I was k- kind of still resorting to my old tricks of using my, uh, my, my mail bombs and stuff.
1: You could just use your flamethrower the whole time, too.
2: I could have. Uh, you know, I've, I think I forgot that I had a flamethrower. Uh, there was a <laughs> lot of passing back and forth between uh, uh, Ellie and Joel for a while there, and I just didn't even think about the flamethrower. I should have. It would have been fun to light all the fireflies on fire. Right. So uh, Joel kills all the fireflies, not all of them, but, you know, as many as you want to. Um, We find Ellie about to be operated on. I think this can be done in a couple of different ways. But the way I managed to do it is Joel kills the doctor with his own scalpel. I walked up to the doctor and instead of shooting the doctor or anything, I, I got hit with a context sensitive triangle in which I used the doctor's scalpel to kill him uh is that how you did it no
1: i think i just shot him
2: right (laughs) yeah i i I think maybe i was like we don't need to kill this guy so i didn't even like i i don't i think i wasn't going to kill him i saw the triangle pop up and i did it and then joel just kills the man
1: on the contrary if you want to save ellie i made this point on our wrap-up podcast if you want to save ellie and you want to make sure nobody comes after her the doctor's the guy you got to kill, right? If they can't do the surgery, they're not going to keep coming after her. They might have come after you, but they're not going to come after her.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I don't know what I would have done, like, if it would have given me an option not to kill him. Maybe I wouldn't have. But Joel definitely wanted to do it because he killed him with his own scalpel. Uh, I, I wrote, probably didn't need to do that. Uh, so, yeah, I, we, we killed him. And I, I take your point. I think, yeah, jo- the doctor's the one who has to die if we need Ellie to be alive, which it seems that Joel very much does. Right. Uh, he says, I got you, baby girl. He scoops her up and then the music swells and it's a comp- it's like a direct, uh, mirror to Sarah from the beginning. Yeah. It is and just this moment, like of, of us escaping with like bullets going off behind us and stuff. It's another moment where the game slows you down to just like, you know, you're, you're worried. I was worried that Joel was going to get shot and taken out at this point. Uh, Just trying to escape with Ellie. Oh, yeah.
1: You thought he was going to die here?
2: Yeah, because like um, as as you're escaping, fireflies are like bearing down on you. It's not like in the show where like it's an open like just you walk to the elevator like you pick her up and you get you're you're getting chased down by fireflies like it's like very tense. Uh, And meanwhile, the music is swelling in uh, like a way that it seems like someone's going to (laughs) die. So I was just like really nervous. But, you know, he gets to the elevator and at the bottom uh, Marlene finds him and she tells him that uh, he can still do the right thing. Yeah.
1: All right. You know, he puts Ellie down and she shoots him right there. That's that's what's going to happen.
2: Definitely. Um, She's trying to justify her actions. She gets into like Anna, who maybe is Ellie's mom. I didn't know at the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, in the show they confirmed that, but I guess they they didn't really say that in the game.
2: Yeah, like, she's just, um, she's just full of shit. In the parking garage, Joel confronts and kills Marlene to prevent the Fireflies from pursuing them. On the drive out of the city, Joel lies to Ellie about what happened, telling her that the Fireflies had found many other people who are immune, uh, but were unable to create a cure and have stopped trying. The pair arrive on the outskirts of Tommy's settlement. Jackson. Uh, Ellie expresses her survivor's guilt and asks Joel to swear that the story is true, that his story is true. And he does. Uh, So Joel lies to Ellie. Uh, He kills Marlene. This is very well done. As he's sort of explaining what happened, uh, it's uh, cutting back and forth to Joel uh, holding Ellie there and killing Marlene. He says that there are dozens like her to Ellie and that they've stopped looking. And to Marlene, he says, you just come after her. And he executes her. Very cold.
1: But what's great about this scene is that it fakes you out again, sort of like Ellie being the playable character in Winter, where you see Joel somberly driving forward alone. Yep. And then it shows you him talking to Marlene, and then it shows you Ellie in the back seat. And I thought that was perfect.
2: It was. It's a really good reveal uh, that he just looks in the rear view and sees her rolling around back there, still in her medical gown.
1: And it was so good that they ended up copying it note for note in the show.
2: Yeah. Uh, very, very good. Uh, I think, was it Craig Mazin's that, that says, if you change changed the ending of The Last of Us, then you're fucking like You're crazy. a fucking idiot, he said. That's what, idiot, that's the <laughs> word. Not to be ableist. But yeah. Um, so they escape. Uh, the car breaks down. We're walking. We're Ellie again. And we get back to Jackson. Ellie stops to tell the story about all the loss. Uh, and she tells him the story of Riley. Uh... uh short one a short story i don't know if this is a change did she do you remember if in the old version of the game that she told the story about riley or is this an addition that they did after left behind
1: i don't know i think they i think they did but i i only played the last of us remastered which had left behind bundled in it yeah so i never played the the 2013 original ps3 release i played the one that came out a year later yeah so it could have been a change i don't think it was though i think that was always there
2: gotcha okay um so yeah that lie that joel says to ellie about the fireflies um
1: and then the okay yeah the okay at the end is just heart-wrenching and again i've said this on the tv podcast that if you're me in 2014 and you have no idea if there's a sequel coming what a fucking bleak ending
2: yeah it's really really rough um it smash cuts to Naughty Dog. We get credits and we get the music. Um, it is a rough lie. Um, I guess just to wrap all of this up sort of here at the end, I actually, <laughs> I, I didn't listen to your episode yet. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on the ending without knowing. How bad of a guy here is Joel, in your opinion?
1: Oh, I think he's the villain of the story.
2: The entire story. He's, he's the Darth yeah. Vader.
1: I mean, he, he damned the world. Yeah. He, he took away the world's only chance of a cure. It's gone right. now. He, even, if, even if you have Ellie try to do something, the only doctor who knew what he was doing about it is dead.
2: Right. Now, do you... I, obviously, you understand why Joel did what he did. I'm not asking that. Sure. Yeah. But is it completely unreasonable, you think?
1: Oh, no, it's logical. See, this is a debate we had. You should really listen to our rabbit. I'm going to listen to it.
2: I just wanted to get it from you know, the horse's mouth. Before we we
1: had it. a debate about it. He's, he thinks Joel's insane. And I said everything Joel did in this last section was logical. It was yeah. just immoral.
2: Absolutely. I think he commits the most selfish act you can. And it's because he literally cannot lose a daughter again. Right. right. So he, he commits the most selfish act possible out of love, uh, and mostly out of fear. Like it's, it's, it's his weakness that he can't do this. I don't know that Ellie would have wanted to die in that way. Maybe she would have.
1: I think she would have done it. I really think that she wanted her life to mean something. And I think that was her best opportunity in her eyes. And I think that if you had given her the opportunity, she probably would have taken it. I, 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 I have thought about this a million times over the last like nine years. Yeah. And I really think that that's the choice she probably would have made. And at the very least, she should have been given that choice.
2: Yeah. That's where it all falls apart is that she didn't know, like, you know, she was just rendered unconscious and that they were going to do it without asking. But yeah, I, I don't know how much I can call Joel a villain. I can call well, him. That's wrong, but you know, I know you can do whatever you want. <laughs> uh yeah i i can i think that i understand him and that he did the wrong thing but i don't blame him for doing it but i do acknowledge that it is the most selfish act that he could have done even if it is to protect this girl uh to protect like the last person he cares about right yeah uh really it's definitely a very gut-wrenching ending and uh yeah, I had, a, I had a great time with this one. We can get into Left Behind now, if you like.
1: Well, let's take a quick break, and then when we get back, we'll have a quick discussion of Left Behind. And we're back. So Brandon, let's talk Left Behind very quickly. I know we've done a very detailed analysis of the game so far, but with the DLC, let's just talk our major points and our, our favorite parts, our least favorite parts about it. So here's the synopsis: Ellie looks for medicine for Joel in a dangerous mall, and Ellie flashes back to her last time in in a mall in Boston with her first love Riley, in which they got bit. So this is. A tragedy. This is, is deeply sad. This is also sort of a beautiful love story, right? I mean, this is young love coming together. I love the way that in the gameplay, they really make the the violent gameplay of the main game into a gamified version, right? You know, you have yeah, the like water gun.
2: Yeah, like cute mini games.
1: Right. You have the water gun. You have the fighting game. You have you have all these things, you know, throwing the bricks in the cars, all these things that are, are used for violence in, the, in fighting the infected and in fighting bandits and all that. And then all of a sudden, it's a game with your friend. I thought that that was really great.
2: I thought so, too. And I thought, like, beautifully done because it's you're playing in two different time periods here. You're playing this, like, initial story with Riley, and you're also playing when uh, Joel was unconscious from his, his bad, bad boo-boo that he got right. from the rebar and it's an obvious parallel because both things are happening in a mall, right? Which obviously like you're doing stuff in the modern version of the game, uh, in the modern time of the game uh, and back to the flashback with Riley, you're doing very similar gameplay things like you, like you mentioned before. Yeah. And I, I think it's really well done. Like, like you said with the bricks, uh, there's actually like a genuine jump scare (laughs) where Brandon, the adult man, uh, uh, when, uh, Riley busted out of the coffin wearing a Frankenstein's monster mask. <laughs> she actually scared the shit out of me because, uh, like, just the fun little cat and mousing that they're doing. Also, fun, fun little bits in the the Halloween store. There were uh, Nathan Drake and Jack and from Jack and Daxter costumes. No Crash Bandicoot, I might add. Right? Um, they must have sold that property off to Sony or something.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's Activision right now, is it? Yeah, Activision yeah. Blizzard owns it because they just released new ones.
2: Uh, that segment is so fun. You get, like, a fun Wizard of Oz reference in there. Like, they do a lot of, like, really fun references in this moment. Like, you get the Mortal Kombat 2 poster in the very beginning.
1: Right. Yeah, and they said on the official podcast that they wanted to do Mortal Kombat 2, like they did in the show, for the game in, that, that Ellie plays in the, in the game. However, they couldn't afford the rights. And so, in the show, they they went, oh, wait, we're at Warner Brothers right now. We're at HBO. We could just use this.
2: And I, I really did enjoy, though, in the game, how they did, like, the mental, like, Ellie closes her eyes. Yes. And you get these cool effects yeah. of basically, like, their bootleg... Um, the like a bootleg uh mortal Kombat fight
1: it was so intimate right it was so intimate it was to very have intimate riley yeah. describing the game to her trying to bring her joy with just her voice i mean i it was it was a lovely moment i actually kind of like that better than what they did in the show
2: i do too um i think it plays better in a video game
1: yeah than it, w- yeah. Than it
2: does in a show like i i understand them wanting to go f- opt for the actual game but yeah like it is a, a great moment um uh the pun book there's a lot of great ones uh they actually use uh a one from the show or they use one in the show from the game diarrhea is heredi- is hereditary it runs in your genes uh i literally i played through all of those I, I i until the game made me stop i wanted to hear all the puns <laughs> which is cool um Also, like they have a a fun thing here. They had a uh, photo booth that I enjoyed. Yes. Uh, And you you can go and do the photo booth. Uh, I picked the love theme because it gives you like a lot of options, uh, which is interesting. Uh, In the main game, you didn't really get any like choose your own adventure shit. Uh, But in the DLC, it gives you that. And then it's fun in the game. It actually gives you the option to share it to Facebook. Yes, uh, it does. That.
1: That's funny. And, and you can't do that in the show, right? Because that was 2003. I think Facebook was, what, 2005 or six.
2: I think so. It would have been MySpace, I think.
1: Oh, what, a, what a memory. I miss MySpace. That was my first love.
2: Riley would have been number one on Ellie's Top 8.
1: Oh, yeah. And what do you think the song would have been that played on her? You know, you used to be able to have your song that played when you opened up the MySpace page.
2: Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. Oh, that's a good pick. That's a good poll. I think so. Um, I almost sang it, but my voice isn't back to where it should be yet. Uh, the, oh, oh, yeah. When I, when I tried to share it on Facebook, it actually prompted the game to open up Twitter, and I did. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so I, actually, I actually shared the like little photo reel you could take. Uh, that's pretty funny. You can find it at Brandon the Bard on Twitter. Uh, we broke the machine, of course. Uh, yeah, there's like a lot of really fun really fun things in here. Uh, and I, the, the back and forth, uh, going to the actual like fighting that you're doing with Ellie, because you're fighting some infected and you're fighting some, uh, uh, bandits. David's man, Yeah. yeah. There's some really rough fights there too. Like uh, I think, uh, and there's one fight specifically with, I believe I called them stalkers. Uh huh. That's where I was like, these are easily my most hated enemy type in the game because of the way they, like hide around a corner but if you get close they'll jump out at you like i really like but but they don't come out they like play chicken with you and it's really really rough Uh, and there's a section of the game where i found that like they even did the puzzles better in left behind okay which they're the same puzzles fundamentally but it felt more intuitive like the way that you use like garage doors and stuff um obviously we don't need to get all the way into it but i feel like even just like the little bit of time they had between Left Behind and the original game, like they had really pushed forward their like puzzle tech. Yes. I guess.
1: Yes. And also, I mean, I think that they didn't have as many budgetary constraints, right? Because you have this massive success of a game. The Last of Us oh, was yeah. immediately Blockbuster successful.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, like, they, they were really able to like do that. And like it, I, I, I will say, Left Behind felt like a, a joy to play. I like I burned right through it in like a day and a half. Is it a short game, like a short DLC? But like I did, I couldn't put it down. It was so fun. The water fight, the water gun fight, was really cool. I found uh, that I destroyed Riley. Like she had no chance against me. Uh, you know, sharp from just playing through the whole game, my gun skill was top notch. But she did one one against me, and then we had to go back to reality. That fight at the very end, um, where, uh, you're about to get to your horse, or you're about to get to Callis. Uh-huh. Uh, she says, you better be alive, Joel. And then there's this rough fight where, uh, David's men are, you get swarmed and then, um, the infected eventually take over and you kind of use the infected against like that. That was one of the, the fighting things that you did a lot more in, uh, left behind. I
1: agree. I agree. And it was very fun, right? To set the infected against the bandits.
2: Exactly. Like you pit them against each other. Like that's like some, some, of the, some of the most fun I had in it. Like just the fighting was so cool. The way that they, that you have to fight different because you're Ellie. You're not going to go out there and win a fucking melee fight with these dudes. You really got to use your brain. And I, I found that they r- did a really good job with that. And I, I find that it wraps up um, very similarly in the, the game that it did in the show, except that uh, in the game, uh, Riley and Ellie gets surrounded by runners uh, and clickers and stuff. And it's like a very fun, like um, where you just got to beat feet away from all these infected and the, the ending tussle where in which that Riley and Ellie both got bit, it was, it was a really like tense fight there. Just close call after close call. But eventually it it resolves to sort of the same thing where um, it's just them two sitting together and, uh, you know, we fight for every second that we get to spend with each other, whether it's two minutes or two days. We don't give that up. Right. And it, you know, the shot, it, it brings you parallel shots back to present and the past with uh, Ellie taking care of Joel and stuff. And uh, Riley suggests they wait out the infection, just like in the show. And yeah, yeah just a, a great, great little DLC for it. And um, after all said and done, how do you feel about Left Behind in the show? Do you think, um, Do you think they did the right thing by plugging it in there? And do you think Left Behind would have been better if like, obviously, this is the part one, at least as of right now, I can't imagine them re-releasing the game again. Do you think it sits better off to the side as it does now? Or should they shove that shit right in the actual main game?
1: No, I think it's it's right where it is now. I think that the way that the game plays, I think it's good the way it is. But I did enjoy it in the show at that placement, too. I actually think they made a few good decisions, a, good, a few good changes in the show. I think that it was better to have a situation where you had one infected and it was just two really inexperienced teenagers fighting it. Right. I did not really buy that these two teenagers were fighting off a horde.
2: Yeah, which I mean, they did play it like they did run like they didn't try and fight too hard. But yeah, I I think you fight off
1: quite a bit of them, Right. I
2: mean, it just it kind of didn't make sense to
1: me a little bit. You know, it was fun. It was good gameplay. But if you if you try to look at it as a more realistic thing, I think the show does a better job.
2: Yeah. And I, I mean, like we get we did get a huge like lack of infected in the show, but I think they did do a good thing in that. Almost every time you see an infected, like, I, I can't remember who said it, but almost every single time you see an infected, there's death. Yeah. Like, they never, they, every time we see one, someone dies. Or, like, someone gets uh, maimed or, you know, marked for death by a bite or something. Exactly. So, like, you know, they're, they're never played off as, like, a nuisance. They're always just the, the worst thing you can imagine.
1: Right. Well, this game is not the worst thing I can imagine. This game is one of the better things I can imagine. This is one of my favorite games of all time. I really enjoyed replaying it. How did you enjoy your first time, Brandon?
2: I loved it. I was very nervous going in, obviously. I I said this before because I'm a a giant horror coward, Uh, just a chicken. But um, the game does such a good job um, of kind of, I felt for the characters like than I I ever expected to, uh, especially with like an old game. Like it really stands the test of time. In a way that I just found really moving like this is uh, there's a reason why it's every it's a lot of people's favorite game, right? Even though, we, you know, you got some clunky uh, in my opinion gameplay elements. The story is not clunky and I don't ever foresee it being so I had a great time and I'm very excited to get into playing the second one. Are we going to cover it? I would love to. Um. I would love to. When do you think that's a good time? Do you think it's a good time as a lead up to season two? Or how would, how would you like to do that? I guess we can obviously do this later.
1: Yeah, we, we're going to we're gonna have to chat about this. I know next month we're going to be doing Jedi Fallen Order. So stick around for that. I think that we're both enjoying that. It's a, a definitely a less dense story, but it's a lot of fun gameplay here.
2: Yeah, no, there's a lot to love in you know the Star Wars universe. A lot to love, a lot to hate. <laughs> but, you know what? But I love Star Wars.
1: It's goofy as shit, and I'm gonna, I'm here for the popcorn.
2: I'm in a room full of Star Wars things. I've been I've been butt hurt by Star Wars for a while, but I, it is definitely in my bones. Um, so there's there's a lot I can a lot to say about it for sure.
1: Very cool. All right. Well, I think it's time for our outro. Quickly, here's our Patreon shoutouts. We have a Patreon. It's a big part of the way that we support what we're doing here. You know, there's real cost to podcasting, both in time and money. And our biggest supporters, our, our uh, monthly supporters, called our Lore Masters, pay ten bucks a month just to get a shout out, along with uh, you know downloads of our music and things like that, ad free, early versions, the whole the whole deal. You get everything as a Lore Master. And here's our list of thank yous because we are so grateful for our Lore Masters and all our patrons. Samartian, Cyrus, Mark H., Michael G., Michelle E., David W., Brian P., Nick W., SC, Peter O.H., Bettina W., Adam S., Nancy M., Lavinia T., Dork of the Ninjas, Duve 71 who just upgraded from Lorefiend, and our newest Lore Master, Brian8063. Thank you to all of you. This is the, just a list of the time of recording. It could be different by the time that this gets released, but wow, we are so grateful for our supporters. Programming notes quickly. March Madness is over, but April is almost as crazy. We've got The Mandalorian Season 3 going. We've got Bad Batch and Visions. It might be out by the time this comes out, but we're talking about it. We're talking about that animated Star Wars stuff. Ted Lasso season three is off to a great start at the time of this recording, and I'm sure it's going strong at that point. We are also covering the Earthsea cycle with Marilyn Arpukila. That's a book series that is a—it's very short, you know. It's about 200 pages of book, and uh, it's it's high fantasy, and yet it is a light read. So I hope you join us on our firehose feed for that. Lastly, if you want more reading, we have Silmarillion stories coming out this month. Uh, with our guest Mary Clay from That's What I'm Talking About. So I hope you'll all join us for that. We're going to be back on the Tolkien train again. Again, if you want ad-free and early access, go to patreon.com lorehounds. If you want to chat with us and other like-minded community members, check out our Discord server, which you can find in our show notes. And as always, please like, rate, and review. Thanks for listening. The Lorehounds podcast is produced and published by the Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com slash the Lorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities.